0: Hello and welcome to Dr. Bingo Fairmont's Management Minute. Dr. Fairmont and Dr. Clayton are both at home with a fever and sore throat today. Or maybe they're just taking a mental health day. But I, Dr. Adam Shoemaker, am here to represent, and I'm joined by our sound engineer, Mr. Sean Gibbons. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm glad that you're here to give me some back and forth. We're coming to you from St. Leo University's Donald R. Tapia School of Business. And, Sean, you're not sick today, are you? No, not at all. I'm feeling just fine. That's good news. That's good news. What I've noticed about a lot of organizations' sick plans is that they kind of hurt the organization. Uh, they don't encourage their employees to stay home when they're sick, or they don't encourage them to take the time off that they need. Or some of them even have buyback programs where you know, they'll say, hey, if you haven't used all your sick days at the end of the year, we'll pay you for them. And that, I think, discourages people from taking sick days when they need them. What is, what's your experience?
1: Well, when I used to work in retail, I worked for, you know, grocery. Uh, the thing is, is that they were incredibly strict about how we worked on the job. Now, if we had as much as a sniffle and we were working at, say, the deli or working in produce or something like that, and you ha- were had as much as a sniffle, then they would basically just tell you to go home. And that makes sense, because in the food industry,
0: I mean, you have all kinds of food safety rules and laws and guidelines maybe less so in a, in a knowledge-based um, organization where you're in front of a computer all day, but still a concern because some of these uh, bugs are still pretty transmittable through coughing or sneezing or touching things that your coworkers touched. And the other thing is there's so much more opportunity nowadays for a lot of jobs to just work from home. You know, take the day, you have your computer, you know, sit on the couch and try to rest and relax. And if there's important emails or reports or whatever, you can still handle them from the couch. All right, so related to that, today we're talking about the idea of flu shots at work. We are in the middle, the high part of the flu season. I don't know if you knew that. Have you gotten your flu shot yet? I have not. You should. You should consider it because um, I have some statistics here from the Society of Human Resource Management that says that flu alone is responsible for 45% of lost work days during the season. and The season runs about October to March. So here in November, getting close to Thanksgiving, this is kind of the high time for people to get sick. Um, the other thing is, Sherm says that flu can cost a medium-sized organization $200,000 per year in lost productivity. And that doesn't include additional medical expenses for the employees. So that's a pretty good chunk of change, especially if you're a medium-sized organization, not a whole ton of employees, not a gigantic corporation. Um, so what do you think, uh, what are some things that an organization could do to sort of support
1: this idea of people should get their vaccinations? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that you can only do so much to encourage people to get a flu shot because of it might go against someone's religion or beliefs. Um, and you might be in violation of Title Seven. Uh, that's
0: right. absolutely correct, yes. And, and so the one thing that you certainly want to encourage your employees to get flu shots, uh, if they choose to, um, and one of the things you can do is to have some kind of a clinic uh, on your work campus, uh, or even if you don't have room on the campus or don't have the inclination, uh, partner with somebody in the community, whether it's a drugstore or a minute clinic or whatever, to have you know free flu shots or, or low-cost flu shots. A lot of people, it's covered by their insurance. I expect for you it's probably covered by insurance. I know it is for me. So it's essentially free, just the time that you take to go there and
1: get the shot. I was about to say one of the things that an organization can do is that they can encourage people to get a flu shot, but don't really push the idea that there's this huge bonus or benefit or some program attached to it if you do get the
0: shot. Right? Absolutely, you're right, and that's and that's important because uh, if you want to mandate and you say you know you're you're required to get a flu shot. You better have a really good reason why. Right? It better be something that's clearly a job requirement and job related. So, in other words, if you work in a hospital or you work in a, in a long-term care nursing home facility, you work with people who are immunocompromised, maybe even at a school, you know, elementary school kids, where people could get seriously ill if they catch the flu from you. In that case, maybe you can say, yeah, you know what, we need you to get a flu shot because otherwise you're going to jeopardize our patients or our clients or what have you. Uh, but unless you're in that kind of situation, if you're just in a typical office or you're in a typical retail store, you know, you're you're not going to be able to mandate that because if you do, like you said, you're going to be violating potentially Title Seven. people who have particular religious beliefs, especially who say, I don't believe in getting in getting shots. You know, I don't believe in vaccination. And you don't have to agree with their beliefs. You can say that sounds crazy, but you still have to respect them under the law. And that means unless there's some kind of undue hardship or some kind of workplace mandate that they have to get the shot or, or, or job required mandate.
1: Don't be asking them to get the shot or making them get the shot. I do believe, though, that there is one thing, for example, for those who work in the office environment. They, the organization could offer some incentives to maintain clean and sanitary during the um, flu season. For example, there might be some incentives to, say, clean your keyboard with antibacterial material, That's like a true. wipe, or maybe to you know encourage employee wash, hand-washing more frequently. Absolutely. And the, b- believe it or not, as those are really good ideas, uh, but even in
0: hospital settings, even where that mm-hmm. kind of thing should be front of mind for everybody. It's really hard to enforce that. and you'd be surprised to read some studies on, even in hospitals and, and medical facilities, you know doctors and nurses and medical professionals don't always wash their hands as much as they should to prevent cross infection and things like that. But you're right. Absolutely. Provide your employees, you know, animi- antibiotic wipes or antimicrobial uh, hand sanitizer. You know, have encourage frequent hand washing. Uh, have tissues. You know, encourage people to practice those good health skills we learned in elementary school. Sneeze into your elbow and stuff like that, right? hmm Absolutely. So if Dr. Fairmont and if Dr. Clayton were here, what kinds of things uh, do you think that they would tell us to do about uh, encouraging good health and trying
1: to prevent spread of flu, but not mandating that employees have to get shots. Well, kind of what we talked about earlier, Dr. Shu. the thing is, is that we want to truly encourage our employees to be healthier, even if they do or do not get the flu shot. We understand that there may be some things holding people back from getting it, whether it be a personal or religious belief, but we can definitely ensure that the workstation that they will be in will hopefully be more clean and sanitary if they follow our programs to help them do so. Absolutely. and and really
0: incentivize those programs as well and particularly with things like sick time don't disenfranchise or disincentivize people don't let them take Uh, not to take the sick time if they really need it, right? Don't bring them to task and say, well, you don't have any sick days left. We really need you to come in. You know, I know you've got a fever of 104 and you're vomiting every five minutes. That's not gonna be positive for your workplace because they're gonna come in, they're gonna cross infect other people and you're gonna lose productivity and performance and employee hours, right? And so also have some kind of policy. Have a formal policy in your employee handbook that says, here's what you should do. If you're sick, you know, don't come in you take 24 hours. If you're still sick, take another 24 hours. Don't come back in until your fever's gone down or if you're vomiting or you have diarrhea or whatever, gastrointestinal issues, don't come in until those are resolved so we can kind of prevent or at least minimize the spread of whatever it is that you're carrying. All right, well, thank you for joining us, and thank you to Sean Gibbons for both being our sound engineer and also my co-host for today. We encourage all our listeners to send in a topic if they have one that's interesting to them that they'd like to hear us discuss here on the Management Minute. And thank you to St. Louis University, the Donald R. Tapia School of Business, and, of course, bensounds.com for our intro and outro music. And if you see Dr. Fairmont, well, if you see him right now, try to stay away from him, but tell him we're looking for
1: him. We still are.